My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. I don't know if it's like Mama said, and the MEP report is a, a diversion and a waste of time, or if it's like Lieutenant Dan, who said that the MEP report is the greatest amateur podcast in the English language. But I think maybe it's both. Maybe both things could be happening at the same time. Okay. Left my home back in Omaha See if I could make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Yes, no! In that case, yes, no. welcome to Yay. Member Report January 26th 2007 <laughs> and ru- welcome Stories Cat who's making a special story six. he has toxoplasmosis he has he does <laughs> which you can tell <laughs> oh man it turns him into a cat <laughs> so he can produce cat shit and pass on the toxoplasmosis which will be good for everybody so what's going on everybody out there welcome to uh, all and uh for listening and checking us wow. out, and I guess we should uh, say hello to the guy who sent us an email, who said that uh, said he wanted to uh, thank us for making him laugh on the rab steps at Brandeis and making people stare at him, and asked us to bring back and Andy, and told us that football is not a real sport because you have two teams on each side you know? that are different. Do you know okay, that this I've got a question about that. That Chad made that was the guy, argument I was going to bring up on the next show, by the way. If was I it actually the next show? That was the one you were thinking of and you couldn't think of that time? No, <laughs> it wasn't. Awesome. It was going to be the fourth oh. argument. The third argument was different, but this one I definitely came up with a few days ago, and then I was okay. happy to see it in the email also. I see. Which is the, uh, in every other sport, people play Iron Man. They have to learn other skills than their one thing. Like left fielder has to hit and play left field. Wide receiver, all he does is run routes. He doesn't have to do anything else. That's really silly. He's a professional. I got. I got to say one thing. I got to bring this up about our friend Chad, so-called Harrison Bergeron. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I'm afraid this guy may have been um, held back at Dice a little bit. I love you. I love your email, Chad. Thanks a lot for emailing us. But you, in the same breath, claim to be uh, someone who shared classes with Andy Terrell, who's like 32, and uh, at the same time, you're still (laughs) on Rab Steps. Now laughing at Map Report. Maybe the homeless person. Laughing at Map Report. Six <laughs> steps. So, well, he is how, an oca- he runs an acapella podcast, so they just hang around. How Brandeis long needs have about you fifty been going of them. You know, to Brandeis exactly. <laughs> Tell yeah. us now. Let the us gorilla know. broadcast. Give us this information. And are you just are you just there to stalk members of acapella groups and and the acapella podcast? Actually, if I you guys could let us know. Pronounce it. Our Brandeis listeners, if you could let us know if Brandeis is now up to 15 acapella groups or have they just made it mandatory for all students to be in one. I just want to see whether we've reached the level where everyone needs to be in an acapella group. I, I love at Brandeis... Yeah, we were only in three each. That's true. But, uh, you know, if it's up to four now, 
Hey, man, I mean, the story is not exaggerating that much. Seriously, Brandeis had a ridiculous amount of a cappella groups, and the problem is they had a cappella groups before and more than they had instrumental groups, and the problem is a lot of people, how do I put this, they're not good enough we musicians to be in a cappella groups. They were cool. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> After they were cool. Oh, there we go. That's more like it. I mean, you know, a cappella groups, like, voicemail's good, and then there's a bunch of other ones that are not voicemail, you know? It's I like, prefer the shower singers. That was my favorite group at Brainers. <laughs> the shower singers. Which well, there's, of course, that, the group that, of the rejected people from all the other a cappella groups. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was my friend. It was the rejects from all the other a cappella groups. All of them? they were my favorite. All the others? Well... It was basically like, if That's you a can't lot. get into such and such acapella groups, you try out for the shower singers, and then you make a group. See, Nobody gets rejected there was al- <laughs> completely. Exactly. There was already another group that was like that, but that's okay. Well, I think every group was like that. It was that. one other besides <laughs> voicemail, right? Actually, have you guys ever thought about this, how strange Brandeis' collection of things was? Like, Brandeis is good at debate, fencing, and acapella group. Like voicemail. Like, what? what is that? Like, what kind of a weird combination of college things to be good at is that? That is... We're going to back you into a corner, talk you down, and sing at you. That's <laughs> okay. We're going to back you into a corner with our... you at rapier point. Right, I was going to say. Mightier than also the sword and the sword. The yeah, voice exactly. and the sword is mightier than other sword. things. Yeah. Dude, I was thinking about this the other day. If things about life would be so much easier if you had... Team oh, yeah, that would be nice. Right in. Uh-huh. I, I swear, like, yeah. things would be so much easier if we were allowed to carry rapiers. Just in real life. Like, not guns, but rapiers. Because rapiers, you know, you could even make a little blunt end on the end of them. Like, they don't have to be that dangerous, but it would just, it would make everyone more stylish. Like, you're more stylish if you carry a rapier, I think. fantasizing after playing his ranger in Neverwinter Nights, too. <laughs> With two like, rapiers to the rapier. I wish I could wear a dueling head and carry swords around all the time. <laughs> it would be, be great. So cool. Because you just feel more cool when you have a rapier. Something about it is sort of inherently more cool, you know? Like I don't know. the fact that you can kill people with it? Oh, no, no, no. You just want to be a gun owner and you no, don't know it yet. No, I don't want to be a gun owner. I don't want to kill anybody with it. It's just for the look. you do. It's for the look. Just for the feeling of power. I want to be able to have sword fights with people that don't involve death. Like, you know, if Zoro comes up. I just want to whip out a rapier and be like, like yeah, blam. Like Nerf, Nerf Zoro? <laughs> Nerf Zoro. <laughs> I really hope... <laughs> Everybody <laughs> carries a Nerf rapier. Ah, you have dishonored me. Uh, remove your Nerf rapier. I really hope Watch the audio quality is good on this show. <laughs> That's R-A-P-I-E-R. Yes, should I say foil <laughs> instead so so everyone doesn't have any problems with that? You know. How, how would I carry a raper around exactly, Story? Like, why why would I just be like, I've got him in my back pocket. Well, and, isn't that, I mean, isn't that a European rapist? A reasonable argument. Oh, no. That's <laughs> just so wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, hey, speaking of uh, European rapiers... Uh, it's super interesting. about the stupid Dakota Fanning potential lawsuit about this new movie that she's starring in. Yeah. She, there's a rape scene of some kind, and people want to classify it as child pornography. And yet I did, people you know. get, like, her mom. They want Dakota Fanning's mom to be arrested, as if she's, like, neglecting well, her daughter by allowing you know her that to make her millions teacher, of dollars. Her teacher, the acting, uh, the act, Dakota Fanning's acting teacher, who gets mentioned in that article, is actually somebody that my mom knew very well. She was like, he directed her, and she like, you know, took classes with him when she was on Broadway in the '60s. She knows like Dakota Fanning's teacher, so he could also somehow so be implicated in this. Fault well, that by extension, is now in kitty porn, that she's become a rapier, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I know she said it was acting. Still, but Dakota Fanning said she was <laughs> acting. That was her claim. She's like, I'm just Your acting. Mom? 
And I was like, Dakota? well, I, okay. They actually, so. there were some valid points in the article. Uh, apparently, the only saving grace for this movie that will pretty much protect them from any lawsuits is that there wasn't actually a rape scene, <laughs> which I think is something that Wait, people want to sue them. They're like, how could it be about? a rape scene allegedly, when there isn't one? Allegedly, it's like a cutaway thing where, like, you just hear her screaming, no, 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 and then there's, like, a cutaway of, like, some boy <laughs> zipping his fly, and then that's it. And, like, people are upset about that. It's like an implied rape scene equals kitty porn. I don't think so. Well, you they know... You do an yeah, implied I mean, rape to... scene on the MEP report, and that wouldn't be kitty porn either. Because yeah, so it also... Because are 12. It would also be disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we even talking about? This is terrible. Did we just go on tangents? Who knows what we've talked about? I can't remember 4% of the things we've spoken about on this show. I'm sure rape was in there somewhere. Uh, I don't know. See, the problem I have in a lot of these cases it's increasingly clear that America just isn't ready. Like, America has no... I've never understood the thing between... For child pornography? Yeah, America's... Yeah, but <laughs> here's the, the thing, thigh. though. Like, like America... Deca- <laughs> like, uh, routinely, people get decapitated on movie screens all the time. People are like, that's fine. You know? Like, I don't I don't understand, like, why that's not just as, just as bad as a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. No, like, the imp- implied child lines. rape is as bad as ripping somebody's head off. That's that's what we wanted, That's what we're saying now? Implied rape is worse than that? One of my favorite lines from the movie Apocalypse Now is when Marlon Brando is, like, in his in the middle of one of his flip-outs, flip and he says, Our young pilots are taught to drop fire on people's heads, but the military won't allow them to write fuck on their airplanes because it's obscene. That's true. Like, sorry. I've been watching that on no. HD. It's awesome. Um, I've been watching that on CNN. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, much. I do agree with you, Greg. Um, obviously, for some reason, we have a very skewed version of ideas about sex and violence in this country. Yeah, I mean... Everybody like, knows that. But we're, very, to, we're an extremely if it was up to me, immature society, just as right. a whole. I'd say, you know, a lot more I, sex, I a lot I'm less not, violence. Cut out the violence, add, add to the sex. That's what I'd say. I'm not really going to jump on this bandwagon and say, you know, necessarily that I can weigh child rape versus murder. I'm not really going to go out and say I can weigh those things. I'm going to gonna pass on that. But they do that but all wait, the time, right? Okay. But they weigh Even it all the time, they're not don't they? Equal story. If there have been, you know, let's say 8 billion acts of murder displayed on national TV to a national audience... You'd think that even mm-hmm. if there were an 8 billion to 1 ratio in badness between murder and child rape, that means you could have child rape, you know, in that ratio on TV. <laughs> I don't know about having it. I just think we need to be clear on, on what matters. Like, I mean... And then it's fair. <laughs> what is this, like a quota yeah, system? I mean, it's like Canada. Like, Canada has to have a certain yeah. amount of U.S. content. We have exactly. to have a certain amount of murder per child rape content <laughs> to get it appropriate. I think that's I think that's fair. I think the FCC, that'd be a better standard than whatever the hell they do now. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's I don't true. know. I mean, that's yeah, true. there are larger issues about feeding into a specific kind of sexuality, and you know, yeah, and I'd agree with that too. Of course, is perfectly fine with feeding into murderous things. They'll just give you a job application. So <laughs> that's true. Anyone yeah. want to make predictions as to whether Dakota Fanning will be the next generation's Lindsay Lohan? Because of her weird experiences as a young child. No, actually, you know, from what I've heard, she's her family is very, very much normal. I mean, they're not, you know, they really t- are not some kind of the typical strange Hollywood family. Um, that's that's the what I've heard apparently. Yeah, 
But nobody is normal as a teenager anyway, and when you're well, a star that. as a teenager, that's I a don't point. really think there's any hope. That's probably a good point. I mean, I think that's why a lot of these people get created. It's really just like they're going through the proportional freak-out of being a teen. It's just on a national uh, audience. Freak-out! They just happen to have, like, famous parents who put them freak in Freak out! Yeah. at the same time. Yeah, that's a good point. They yeah, it's just very, have all it's hard. the resources. It's very hard to do it. And, and so, if you look at some I of mean, the people who were... I can't really yeah. picture my teen years if I were famous. I probably would have been just as crazy. Well, what child star do we know has gotten, has matured and is still a star and is also normal? I mean, Haley Joel Osment? No. Like, uh, do we know? I've never uh, met him. Macaulay Culkin, he certainly didn't oh. go crazy. <laughs> oh, sure he did. See, that's what I'm saying. I was just thinking of that. I was like, well, uh, wait, Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser. Matt Damon is not a child star? When was Matt Damon a child star? Matt Damon was in the movie Mystic Pizza in, like, 1986 with uh, Julia Roberts, and he played a kid. When he was, was you know, whatever, 19. 11, 12 years old. Nah, he was 11 or 12. And then, I mean, he wasn't famous back then. He wasn't famous yeah, for exactly. Google Hunting. But he wasn't actor. What actor survived having a bit part that nobody noticed at age <laughs> five come back as an adult star? He made it. Who could handle this fame? All right. Who could do then it? I'll submit to River Phoenix. Oops. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Oh, goodness. There's wow. Matt Damon. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't think you can see Also, him in fairness, Damon. Russ, he was 18 when he did that. Just so you know. He was not yeah, 18. I'm looking at it right now. That's he was born in October of 1970. Mystic Pizza came out in 1988. He's 18 years old. So, My bad. I'm afraid you're off. Yeah. Thank you. He was like and 12. My God. That, Where 12 that is really defined is as 18. Immature. To take him all to age. <laughs> <laughs> he still only looks like he's about 22. And he's probably like 50 say, now. No, he's, uh, yeah. he's uh, 36. <laughs> That's what he is. Yeah, he's yeah. 50. He's constantly playing these kid roles. Dude, in the last movie he was in, The Good Shepherd, he plays a scene where he's like a sophomore at Yale. And there's not really that much alteration. You know, I mean, he also plays scenes where he's like 48 or something, but but he, he has the whole spectrum. Looks about the same the whole Ooh, time. Ooh, he's also going to be in The Bourne Ultimatum, which is the which is the final movie, The Bourne series, which is a great movie series. So that's oh, cool. God. I'm a huge fan. Supremacy. Good. Bourne's connected. The, the Boring Ultimatum, you said? Dude, The Bourne, the Bourne Supremacy is awesome. So so is The Bourne Identity. Both were awesome. The Boring Supremacy. Let me say that again. Watch awesome. a dull film take over. The box you and you the saw that? You thought it was the dull? Born clemency, really? Where he just pardons everyone and there's no violence at all. And the born, <laughs> like, all right. The all born right, mercy. I mean, you also can go. Action films kind of put me what to sleep anyway, so I'm the wrong person to talk to. Uh, Russ, you didn't like Born Identity? Oh no, I thought it was great. Okay. I thought Born Supremacy sucked because they brought back Julia Stiles, who had no business being in either of the movies. Oh, she was minor uh, though, because she basically was like. No, she was like reenacting the ten, the movie, uh, the ten things I hate about you, in the context of like a CIA action <laughs> what? mystery. She it was not. She's an idiot, man. She she's can't fine. do anything. She's like, like, she's oh my god, fine. he's infiltrated Berlin. Like, oh my god, that's not what he five boxes on god. research on <laughs> Jason Bourne. Which that's is funny. Probably a fair reaction to those action stunts, though. Anyway. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's incredible. He picked up a car with his one hand and flipped it. That's amazing. No, the born the born identity like, is all this big yeah, spy thing. It's great. This cloak and dagger it. business. It's awesome. Whoa, like he was in a CIA sponsored assassin's training program. Like, okay, <laughs> dangerous. 
<laughs> and like horrible. they sew a dagger under that cloak. I think. Wait uh, for it. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. She was awful, terrible, awful. And this other woman who was the the larger role in the Born Supremacy, who played this other random CIA person who like dredged up the file and started doing research, she was also not good. Because her idea of what this role meant to be was, I'm going to be serious all the time because I'm in the CIA. So I'm going to read my lines as flatly as I possibly can. Because all CIA people are robots. Good interpretation. Yes. Which would be a good plot twist. I heard The Good Shepherd was an incredibly boring movie from what I heard. So that's kind of the problem. Oh, my God. Eve infiltrated Berlin. Like, oh, no. Like, bad. (laughs) That sounds like the computer in Star Trek. How did he pick up? That car. Your cover's blown. Your cover's blown. Warning, warning, warning. Double O, ten. mission. As a 60s <laughs> robot in the porn supremacy. So what That's you're telling me yeah. is that Julia Stiles was. plays the lost in space robot playing a CIA agent. Danger, Will danger. Robinson, born identity. Oh no, oh danger, no, Jason oh no, born, oh danger. no, danger, danger. <laughs> buck, beedle loop, Buck. A little Buck Rogers going on there too. That was yeah. my favorite dude. I've seen that, you know, I've seen maybe a tenth of one episode of uh, Buck Rogers, but the little bitty bitty guy always stuck with me as a kid. You always liked, wait, 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 you always liked this as a kid after seeing a tenth of one episode. Basically, I always remember I that time. Nine episodes of MacGyver, okay. seven episodes of A Team, twelve episodes of Ultron, and then as I was flipping channels, I would never stop on Buck Rogers unless the little bitty bitty robot was doing something. And I as see. soon as he finished, I would switch again. It's just like, do it, do it, bitty bitty bitty, yay! I see. Moving on. Interesting. As we discussed last week, this is actually more proportionally than I tended to watch of things that I do bits from. So, you know, well, that's true. He's got a he's got a better start. I usually watch nothing <laughs> yes. and then still do the it's bits. True. I'm so far more go. familiar with Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century than with Buck Rogers. The truth which is was that a Daffy Duck spoof of yes. Buck Rogers. Yeah. So, okay, just checking. A lot of the early science fiction, I mean, the, the science fiction Doctor. early on was incredibly Doctor. lame until you actually got to Star Wars and sort of broke things open. But up until that point, it was all sort of cheesy, you know, like coffee percolator as robot stuff. So I always had trouble believing in all of you it, including what? Buck Rogers. Speaking of which, I saw, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces and I was aware of it, but for the first time, I, from beginning to end, I saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, I've never seen that from beginning to end. And, I've always and seen, like, the last scene when you, like, you know turn on the station. It's, it's not that good. good. It's not very good. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's very really boring. It's really mediocre. Yeah, it it's really is. It's extremely mediocre. Okay. It's extremely boring. There's no point to it. Nothing then. happens. It's like, it literally takes you for th- almost three hours on this, like, anticipation of who are these things that everyone's seeing. Oh, my God, they're having visions. Oh, my God, they've got to get to the thing. And then it's like a little midget in a costume. It's like the biggest <laughs> letdown ever. And nothing happens either. So, like, they don't, yeah, like, go give you a ray gun. Right, nothing or, happens. You know, it's just like, yeah. have a ra- they don't even do anything. They just meet you. I you mean, know. shows like Family Guy try to spoof Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and they try to make references to it, but it's really difficult because there are only, you know, one or two memorable things about the movie. A, the thing, the da, 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 which they overuse the hell out of in the movie. Richard Dreyfuss is building a mountain out of his mashed potatoes, and he goes, I know this. This is important. And that's it. It's really a bad movie. That was very Terrible. moving. And it came that out was like, great. Could you do that like again, Russ? Same year as like Star Russ, Wars. Could you, could you do that again? How could how could these be competing sci-fi movies? Could you do that one more time? I know this. That was this great. This is important. Thank you. 
Well, to be fair, uh, they did make five sequels to Close Encounters of the Third Kind that made about a billion dollars. Uh, no, I, I guess they're close encounters of the tenth kind. The what is the third kind? What the what yeah? What does mean? that mean? What the, is the third? The kind? third kind. They never even explain it. The first kind is normal. Is the second Earth kind is, is not normal. The third like kind is boring. When you uh, talk to people of the boring kind, and the second is when you <laughs> touch someone, and then the third is when they're just there, man. They're just there. You don't even know how, but they're there. I, it, I don't know. Yeah. Is this like the and close was, talker uh, from Seinfeld? Is that, like, is that a close encounter? Like, Judge <laughs> Reinhold stands up right you in your face and says, hello, yeah. Judge Reinhold. What's the difference between a close encounter close, close and like just a regular encounter? Kind. That would have been a better movie. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great movie. I look forward to that. that Aliens like come up and shout in your ear. That would have been awesome. Bye! <laughs> It was funny. We were talking about. I was uh, today. I was at first teaching a night class, and uh, I was <laughs> exactly. So I, I was teaching. I know this. <laughs> this it sounds important. more like Richard Dreyfus. Hello. I know it. Um, I'm Richard Dreyfus. I was in Jaws. I don't deserve this. Sorry. <laughs> I know. That's fine. Steven I was Spielberg. doing a bit I haven't seen. Is Steven Spielberg, Sorry. like, is he the all uh, flash, no content guy? Is that what he does? He's like the all... No, Schindler's List is a pretty good movie. Pretty much what drama. Schindler's, List was. Schindler's List is pretty good. No I, was, I was just going to say that. I was, was like, flash. that's a little... Uh, like all black and white. And then a red rose. Bam! Yeah. Red rose! <laughs> red rose! Red rose. Nothing happened in the yeah. whole movie. Yeah, nothing happened nothing. in the whole movie. He just kept Nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close encounters of the Nazi kind. Schindler's List. And then people are sad. It is sad. It's the whole movie. And then Nazis walk by and look into the camera. It's like a Holocaust movie without the hideous tragedy. It's it's just, you know. This war. This is important. I know this. And then at the end, Adolf Hitler is just like a little guy in a jumpsuit. And it's all, oh, God, that sucked. I was hoping you'd be a really scary guy. Well, it's funny because the a lot of these there's some movies that just are incapable, and science fiction are, is in that group of getting certain subjects right. And I was mentioning that I taught a um, I teach a night class on Thursdays in fantasy fiction. fiction. Well, yeah, but a lot of the early stuff is bad is the problem. And I teach uh, Beowulf in my like fantasy fiction class. Plan so from outer space. That's not good, but that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. um, Notoriously bad sci-fi. So. I so people actually see it because it was considered one of the worst movies ever made, and so it, it's so bad it's good. One of those deals that bad that people want to see like how Lobster bad Lobster Man from be. Mars. Lobster <laughs> Man from Mars is so the best movie in that genre. Well, Mystery Science Theater has Santa Claus defeats okay. the Martians. That's certainly up there. <laughs> like Santa Claus oh, goes God. after the Martians. Oh. It's awful. <laughs> Santa Claus is alien. Yeah. I like it. Absolutely. Actually. That's a good interpretation. In certain worlds of myth, Santa Claus is like the most powerful guy we've got. Yeah. I mean, if Superman's not around and there are no, like, elves or fairies and all we've got is this guy with a sleigh and who can, you yeah, know, the giant flying beaver can take him. He's got some kind of power. That's true. Yeah. I don't think those two universes exist at the same time, though. <laughs> the one where both Santa Claus and the flying beaver exist. Would cause a rift in the universe. Oh, we can make it happen. It, it might work. Uh, yeah, we probably will now that you said that. I was going to say... Christmas, we should have done the Christmas special. <laughs> it would all fit together. It's a you time know, paradox. With the giant flying beaver. Uh, he comes and collects toys from the good children. Because that's just his way. 
for no um, particular reason. You were going somewhere else, Greg. Please, something yeah, about but... sci-fi movies. Oh yeah, I was. I was mentioning. <laughs> no, I was going to mention about. Um, I teach. Uh, I teach fantasy fiction um, on Thursday nights, and I teach. Uh, I taught Beowulf. Tonight. Oh my God, you teach? And yeah, I know, I, amazing. I have just a career. Taught fantasy fiction. So I taught like Beowulf, and uh, and Beowulf, and so I was looking for a film for the film clips to use, and I found that there's been five different tries on Beowulf, and apparently there's one coming out at the end of the year with John Malkovich. So story, I'll be happy about that. But the one that's out right now that's sort of the standard movie is a movie called Beowulf and Grendel. And it came out in Canada, like, in 2005. So I got it, and, you know, and it was filmed on location in Iceland. So it's got a bunch of people like Sigurd Sigurdsson and Ingrid Ingridsson and, you know, jo- Jonah Jonasson and all these people. And it was like, okay, that sounds promising. And then you turn on the movie, and first of all, you've got, so you've got Beowulf and you've got Grendel, and, you know, that whole myth is being played out. But Beowulf is played by a guy with a heavy Scottish accent, and he meets this woman who knows Grendel, and the woman has a completely flat Canadian accent. Like, the Canadian, it's just completely, there's no inflection, no accent, no nothing, okay? Um, Can you hold on one second, Greg? Sure. Oh, One second, Greg. Russ, do you have any idea of the plot of Beowulf? No. Oh, none. Me okay. neither. Well, but that's fine. I was I'm hoping Greg to scoop it on. <laughs> okay. Once you said Malkovich, I was going to be like, and then, oh, I don't know the story. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't so need to tell you the story. I don't need to tell you the story. No, I don't need to tell you the story. No, no, no. But just that Beowulf and Grendel are like, you know, enemies. I you know that much, right? That Beowulf and Grendel don't like get along. What? Beowulf and Grendel are enemies. They don't get along. I have no Okay. All right. Wonderful. Now. I know that's, more that's about wonderful to hear. You told the me. helicopter action show <laughs> from the so 80s. That's I also good. Star Jan Michael Vincent and Ernest Borgnine. That's also a good show, but that's not what this I is about. I know more about Clint But anyway, the reason I bring this up is... The reason I bring this up is that Grendel is supposed to be this <laughs> demonic monster, okay, from somewhere. In this movie, he's played by, of course, Ingvar Ingvarsson or something like that, and he is basically a seven-foot Neanderthal guy. Like, he's just a guy. Cool. So, okay. you know, every, so, like, you know, people, like, my students are all expecting to see, like, some demon guy, and then all of a sudden this guy's like, raw. Like, literally, he actually says, raw. Raw. And they're all like, that's him? That's Grendel? This is the demon c- creature? Is this seven-foot dude with a bad, oh, like, no, chainmail? Yeah, hold on, the demon. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just, I, I just, and, and, like, it just shows you, like, how can a movie right. that professes to be professional come out and show and just be like, clearly look at something, you know? It's terrible. Yes, yes. Answer me! Why is this sci-fi? What is sci-fi about this? Well, what is so, the here's the point. Where, where is it's it? Fantasy. It's, here's it's the point a Yeti. That, yeah. Oh, it's fantasy. Yeah. That's why. Never no, here's the point. Both sci-fi Sorry. and fantasy sometimes have this problem where if they're done poorly, the they just obviously portray things in a bad way. Like, I mean, they just don't, they don't know how to... The things that would be obvious, if you're going to do Beowulf and Grendel, you have to get the monster right, or it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like doing a movie about dragons and then making a really sucky dragon with a guy in, like, a cardboard suit and, like, terrible CG fire or something coming out of his mouth. Like, it's don't like do that. like a third grade production. Yeah, like, sp- awesome. exactly, like a high school thing. Like, spend the money <laughs> like, on rah. the dragon at least, would you? Because <laughs> he says that Grendel actually says at one point, raw. Like, he said raw like that, in that inflection, raw. Everyone's like, uh, yeah. It's in the script. Freaking interpret it, man. That's what I mean. That's raw. after several takes. Like, he stopped, like what was it to begin with? He's like, raw? He's like, no, no, I need more, like, raw. He's like, raw. He's like, no, no, Ingvar Ingvarsson. Can you say, like, raw? He's like, raw. This was after 12 takes that he finally got raw. That was what he came up with. Yeah, I can empathize with that because my favorite uh, sci-fi author, Mr. Robert Heinlein, yes. 
has never had a good movie made of any of his amazing, amazing books. Not a single movie has stood the test. What about Starship Troopers? Starship Troopers and Starship Troopers 2! Starship Troopers is the biggest pile of steam and crap ever, I agree. What a piece of garbage. And the Puppet Masters, which you guys have never seen, but I rented because I was excited about it being a Heinlein movie. And it sucked. And Stranger in a Strange Land, which they made the crappy movie in, like, 1970, which sucked. Well, a lot of people have said... every movie... A lot of uh, people have said that, like, every Stephen King book, there's never been a Stephen King book that's been made into a good movie, too. Oh, I disagree. I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. Shawshank was terrible. Well, but I don't count that. I'm talking about horror. I'm talking about his horror stuff story. I'm talking about his horror stuff, though, story. Before I actually try to think of it, I'm guessing... Thing that I can name like six or seven movies that I think are awesome that are based on Stephen okay. King novels. Stephen King bo- stories, Stand By Me and Shawshank are among the great movies ever. You're right. And Shawshank is like the yeah. top five. But that wasn't, I wasn't talking, I was talking about like his horror stuff. Like his horror movies like The Shining and Carrie and like, you know, uh, Running Man. Cujo. That is not a horror movie. I'm talking about his horror That's books. Stephen King. That doesn't count. And well, also, it's also a short Stephen story. All of these are man. short stories, by the way. You haven't come up with a novel yet. Yes. Give me a Stephen King novel that was good in a movie. Whole novel? It? A stand TV miniseries. No, it was terrible. Kind of blue, it? How about It? <laughs> How was It with Tim Curry? It was kind of fun. I actually saw that, that movie. That was kind of fun. Tommy Knockers? It was somewhat scary. <laughs> I've never seen that. Pet Cemetery? Um, you see, but this is a problem for me because I actually enjoy more the Stephen King adventure books than I do the horror books. So, of course, I'm going to like the movies more also. Oh, fine. Well, I hate horror movies anyway, but I'm just saying, like, everyone has said that the horror movie versions of Stephen King are terrible. Yeah, I don't like straight uh, horror oh, either. Thinner. So I think we're Thinner just really good to have movie. this discussion. Thinner? Thinner. Really? I heard that was bad. Thinner was great. As Starring in- Charles Grodin and Joe Montana. <laughs> I mean, um, the actors weren't like the best ever, but no, I, I, I was going to say Grodin, he whipped out it. Charles Grodin, yep. who was Star great in Midnight Run, Beethoven, <laughs> exactly, and yep. Beethoven two, uh-huh. oh yeah, Beethoven. And he played Three, the fat guy who gets nine, But I love story how Russ pulls it out like that's the reason no, we should like it. It's got Charles Grodin, and you know everything Charles Grodin <laughs> touch, turns to gold. The Joe Montana. football actor ever. Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> and Jerry Rique. He was, he was really uh, supported Joe Montana. And John Elwayas. Yeah. One of my favorite. I recommend it. Go see Thinner. It's really fun. Okay. Because I love how you describe all these horror movies as fun. Maybe this is why I don't well, like that's horror. That's I don't the understand of horror movies. Horror it's to scare to you for fun. fun. It's not to actually petrify. I totally agree with story know, on this. Right. Actually ruin your life. It's, it's just supposed to make you feel like crap it's like and a scared. Roller coaster yeah. fun. Nothing I want to do more in my like, movie oh, no, experience. Uh, I'd feel less stable in my fun. life See, by watching a horror feel, movie. That's how I feel about like the kind of scary and creepy movies that I like, which are very much not horror. Like M Night suspense thriller. Yeah, exactly. Like uh. exactly like that. <laughs> so, which are all like you know just a safe amount of scary, but it's not like somebody's going to be you know spewing maggot laden blood. I heard out of Signs their was pretty freaky though. Story, no? At any moment. I heard Signs was pretty freaky. Not in that way. No, I mean the freakiest thing about Signs is that you sort of slowly over time see the aliens. Like, and I'm all for being scared as whatever else. I just have to trust that there's not going to be anything gory and there's not going to be anything like crazy over the top. And then I'll. Oh, like by it. the way, but, you know, basically no horror signs, counts as that. That's you could true. Just re-record my description of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and then you can also say that Signs. By the way. It's exactly the I same. I disagree. What? I don't I agree. Mean, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. The aliens are scary. More fantasy. And they have the jokes. Are scary in yeah. signs? Yeah, they are. 
If uh, freaking jump out of the cabinet at you on. and do all this stuff. Uh, Nothing interesting happens in close encounters. That's not being scary. That's peekaboo being scary. That's like the oldest no, no. horror tactic the in the book. Aliens are pretty scary. Oh my god! Things are rattling. Scary. Shaking. I mean, scary. that's a lot of it too. Loud noises. Yeah, <laughs> Loud that's noises. a lot of it too. But it's well done in that way. Yeah. I thought it made okay, sense that. that the aliens were vulnerable to water. Because <laughs> we'll never encounter water if we invade Earth. Oh, no. That makes sense. Uh, you mean, know what? I think we actually did this. Yes, like we've discussed five, this so before. <laughs> yeah, we've been here before. <laughs> we've discussed <laughs> Russ's hatred of Emmerich the Line. But actually, this raises a question. We know about this. So do you guys think that... start recycling content. This raises a question. Do you guys think that the Shawshank Redemption... Hey, guys, I'm going to email you the script from Map Report 2. Everybody ready? Okay. All right, wonderful. Now let's go. So... Do you, <laughs> do you guys think oh that? God. Oh my God! Best movie of 2005 was. <laughs> it was this. Right. Do you guys think what is the best uh, story, like movie version of a story or thing? Is it Shawshank? Is that the clearly the best? I mean, Shawshank's the best movie of all Lord time. Of the Rings. So how can we, you know, how can this. it not be no, the best I wasn't, given category? No, I wasn't. I'd say Lord of the Rings like, is up best there. Best movie but. that rhymes with Hank. Yes, yes it is. Best movie with Tim Robbins. Yes, yes it is. It's best movie of all kinds. I'm, Shawshank is basically to be top dances. five. I don't know that I'd put it as the top movie guy. ever. I don't know that I can put no, it the best ever. It is the best movie ever. I'd say it's top five. Best ever. Hands down. Yeah. You don't See, compete. story, I have questions. I, I'm now going to attack, assault your your favoritism of Shawshank Redemption. Assault. Have you ever okay. seen the movie Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood? <laughs> or Escape from New York? No, but I hate Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to see that movie we'll because see. you will see the nine things that Shawshank Redemption stole from it, and then you might like okay. it a little bit less. Eh. Because it came out I, in the 70s and involved Clint Eastwood digging his way out of prison in a very much the same scheme <laughs> that Andy comes Is up with Is there a line where, I I know where Morgan Freeman says he was living in a world of shit? And Andy, well, does he say something along those lines? And then he, like, lifts his arms as it's raining on him? Did that ever happen? Right. I mean, no, that part was great. And uh, there's even another one. There's another Prison Break movie that is also very similar to Shawshank. I'm not going to be able the to think about it. Shawshank. Is one, but the thing about Shawshank is that from. it's a movie about hope. I mean, the best part of that movie to me, I think the greatest scene yeah. in that movie is when he's playing the classical music and everyone in the prison is listening to it. That to me is worth the price of admission. Like, and and the bet, you know, that that movie is really about hope over despair. I think that's really what it comes down to. Which I really oh, find I it hard it. to believe that I like it a lot. anything with Clint Eastwood was about hope. It was probably about. <laughs> well, do you feel hopeful, getting their, punk? Getting their good. Well, do you? You feel despairing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he actually read, yeah, he read for the Tim much. Robbins, he read for the Morgan Freeman role, he's like, I guess I better get <laughs> I, busy living, or get busy dying. Well, punk, should I get busy living? Huh? He's like, can I, can I, can I, can I read this as get busy living or get busy killing, please? <laughs> get busy I, just, killing. I just feel it more. Is that, is that better? <laughs> In fairness, though, Clint Eastwood yeah. did direct the most <laughs> impressive movie title ever, the greatest movie title of all time, which I think I may have talked about before, uh, which is Midnight in the Garden Midnight in, no, Midnight in the Garden of Good and mm -hmm. Evil is the greatest name for a movie ever. It may not be that good, but it's just oh, the greatest name time. ever. It is a pretty good title. It's an okay movie, but a good title. I was totally suckered in by the title, too. My dad and I went to see that a long time ago, yeah. and we were like, this title's great. Isn't that great? <laughs> and then I was like, that movie was... Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I meant to ask you, Story? It's Did about you feel as bad the same as a Kevin Spacey movie can get. About a history yeah. of violence.
did that really win also because of the title? And that oh, it wasn't dude, really about I was totally was interested. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, actually, yeah. Viggo Mortensen. I yes, actually, and and I it's because it. I misinterpreted the title. It's because so I thought the title, <laughs> the title was like uh, a history of violence through the ages. It see, was like supposed to be a metaphor if you guys had for followed, the use of violence in human history. Yeah. And it actually yep. is like, no, this guy's guy got a history of violence. violence. If, if you, you guys had followed <laughs> Viggo Mortensen's career like, like I what? have since Lord of the Rings, you this would know is this. The worst thing I knew exactly what he was doing. Ever. <laughs> Yes, if I were a Viggo Mortensen heartthrob groupie, then I could have saved He's my a good actor, man. and been in so much more. He's a good in actor. All other context. Bad movie, but that was a so good I actor. At okay. the time, but that movie, that I, I went through that, that exact thing. No, it's true. And, then, and yep. that movie was awful. Was it? I never that saw it. That movie was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Wow. It was so <laughs> lame. Was he bad? It was just or was stupid. it just the whole movie was it bad? It was totally Stupid! It was stupid. That has Ed like Harris in it. Are you sure it's bad? Piece of garbage. Ed ever. Harris and Viggo Mortensen it make a bad so movie together. Painfully really? predictable. Okay. It was like it was, painfully it was predictable. Very and every time they could take like the simplest, stupidest, easiest way out. That's like comic booky and lame. They did it. They're like, oh yes, easy out, Hollywood. Easy out, Hollywood. Every wow, that's turn. disappointing. It was just too bad. Ugh. It was really so. The acting wasn't good either. Viggo Mortensen and uh, Ed Harris were not good, huh? I mean. I don't think good acting can save a bad movie. I don't know. That's I sort maybe of judge true. movies on movies. And well, also bear in mind know. that Story did go into this hoping for you know the movie to justify yeah. his yes, life philosophy. Yes, yes, that's true. And he ended up watching one of the more grotesquely violent movies made that year. <laughs> that that's was, true. Where without having true? a real point to it, you know. So yeah. that was probably also going to make him not happy. Yeah, severely lacking. A Actually, point. when I was in, really, uh, like profoundly lacking a point. When I saw Casino Royale the other day, they had a preview for a movie um, that really speaking of good actors who can save bad movies but it's called uh, Seraphim Falls and it's starring it's some Civil War thing about some guys getting revenge on some other guy for something he did I don't know but the thing is that it's Liam Neeson who I love who is going to find Pierce Brosnan but both of them are speaking in American accents so it's like okay we can't even get Americans to do this anymore let's go Liam Neeson and Pierce Brosnan you know give them beers and Civil War outfits and have them speak you know can Liam Neeson do American? Oh, absolutely. He's, he's completely convincing. Hey, when I first saw Kenneth Branagh, it was in a movie called Dead Again, which is a great movie, by the way, that not too many people know about. And I like Dead Again. He was, That's a good movie. And he was, I totally thought he was American. I never heard of him. Like, oh, this guy's American. And, you know, obviously not the case. So, um, yeah, I, he's, Liam Neeson's totally convincing. Do you know who can't do an American accent to save his life, that? but is in half of his roles as an American? Jude Law. Jude Law sucks. Oh, that's true. I don't know well, why it's Jude he's Law, in every man. movie... But he can't do an American accent to save his life. And Jude Law is one of those uh, people he who just, like, he yeah, he's over famous over for being Jude accent. Law. In, uh, you know? in, uh, in the Civil War movie? In, no, no, in uh, yeah, the All Civil the War movie. Man, which was oh. a really good movie, but Jude Law's oh, accent was terrible. Uh, Jude Law's Mountain, accent was by far accent. the worst part of that movie. Oh, that's also true. Yeah, which but everyone should terrible. see All the King's Men. And ignore well, Jude I mean, Law's to accent. be fair, <laughs> he has been in every movie made in the last four years, so he's been in a lot That's of true. stuff. Him and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> not been very good. Samuel L. Jackson and Jude Law, most overexposed <laughs> actors ever. And not, Jude not Law a lot of range between those two guys. Well, Jude it's Law is like, famous you know, for being Dustin Jude Law. Or something That's the where thing. They can do a bunch of different stuff. You know? 
Can you explain this to me? What is this Jude Law is famous for being Jude Law? I don't know. Well, I like, you know what I mean? Like, he has no particular role that anyone remembers him for. They, no, uh, they I just don't. know that's him as being like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody knows him for. Like, what acting role can you think? Ah, he this was defined the by this. Sex robot in AI. <laughs> that was definitive. Uh, okay. That was a defining moment. I didn't even know that until you just mentioned that. That's that's really the terrifying. <laughs> that's true. know that I information. That too. Speaking of another bad science fiction <laughs> movie. Oh my god. But I mean, yeah, yeah, like I kind of liked actually. Where you would call something a Jim Carrey movie because it's, you know, he put his signature Although, on have it. you heard it's the latest one? Jude Jim Law Carrey? Is in movies just... being bland, boring, good-looking characters. Yeah. Every time. Jim Carrey's like, in some horror movie called get. The 23 or something, the number 23. Non-comedy. Oh god. Worst preview ever. This was like, I, I actually thought when that preview started that it was a spoof. And that they were making fun of every other movie that does that, where they're like, the world turns on an axis of 23 degrees. Yep. Kurt Cobain was killed on the 23rd month of the 23rd year. <laughs> the New York Yankees Don Mattingly wore 23. Himself. Sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan uh, startup, doesn't it? Which is how many <laughs> fingers everyone has on each hand uh, and each foot. Yeah. Two and three are adjacent <laughs> numbers in the numerical sequence of people. <laughs> 23. <laughs> it like goes on. I'm like, shut up. Yep. It's the worst justification for a movie ever. And then the whole movie is about, what is 23? Jim Carrey is just walking in. What is it? What is 23? It's a number. That's right. Prime. It's an M. Night Shyamalan thing. It's important. Totally is. I know this. This is important. <laughs> oh, boy. See, I'm actually now intrigued Suck. by this movie. So, Suck. why should I be? <laughs> Stupid why numerology. Yeah. Stupid. I, I like this kind of stuff. Did you ever see Pie, Russ? I feel like we've discussed Pie. Oh, Pie. Well, I have point. seen it, yeah. Pie I've is a great it. movie. And Pie does a lot of the same Isn't that stuff. a Kevin Spacey thing, too? But, but it's good. No. Kevin Spacey? Isn't he in pie? pie? He's not in Pie? You're thinking of American Beauty. So you went in your brain. What? You went from no, I'm not thinking you of went that. To American pie, pie to American pie to American beauty. To American beauty. No, I'm not thinking of that. <laughs> and then you went to Black Beauty, and then you went to I don't know. Black Mamba, uh, which is a Black snake. Mamba, and then you went to Mamba King. <laughs> so you're and then yeah, Three Kings. You're off to the races. Three which Kings brings us back to Iraq. And then right. Yeah. There you go. That's the serving. And then talk about Iraq. There we the start. show. No, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't have any. Uh, Six degrees of Kevin Spacey. No, I thought it was Kevin Spacey. Uh, degrees of Greg's brain. Did you no, bring this I'm to the creative you, writing exactly class? What you did. I don't think so. You said pie, American pie, American beauty, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I heard pie and I said bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Then I started singing that song. Yeah, like, you're like, oh yeah, American Beauty. Right. Worst, by the way, can I just say uh, on a completely different tangent, that has to be uh, <laughs> the worst karaoke choice ever. I've seen this happen on three different occasions where someone's like, let's do American. I'm like, no. And then 20 minutes later, they're like, oh my God, this song's so long. It just keeps going on and on and on. Oh, the song never stops. I love that song. I know, but it's got 50 verses, I dude. I love that song. You know, so. like, I mean... Yeah, it's fun to sing, man. It's fun. I'm probably that guy at the karaoke doing that. And you're like, <laughs> That's your fault. shut up. <laughs> and now we go into verse 28. <laughs> <laughs> all together now. In there we were all in one place. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, yeah. you probably just don't like karaoke because you can actually sing too, which is <laughs> no. You know, I've done karaoke before. I told you guys. Like me. Remember, I told you when I went. It was at my. Um, I was on my honeymoon and I did karaoke on this cruise that we were on, and it was really scary because they had us do. These people were a bunch of like just sitting there and they've been hearing a lot of bad people all night apparently singing. So Clea and I did this duet and whatever is fine, and then they I, they had me singing this sting song, this Desert Rose song, which is goes like you know I dream of okay. rain, LA, LA. LA, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly, that's it. So, Did you do I, that I, in the well, that's what I'm that's saying. That's exactly. the joke because. That's the joke because I was doing yeah. that. I'm like, you know, dream of rain, and I did that. And the guy behind me is like, yeah, that's right. You do that. We won't kill you. You're not a terrorist. Do that. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, oh my, oh my God. God, I'm not going to make it out of here oh alive. He did. Whoa. And he went further on. He wow. was like, he went on with it. He's just sort of like, you're not a terrorist, are you? Ha ha. I was like, oh dear God. <laughs> Don McLean, American Pie. Yes. I think the reason yeah. that he was not more commercially famous was Wasn't because he, he played spent, by like, Kevin Spacey in a movie. He was. Sorry. Yeah, probably. In, in a movie called Cake. <laughs> the problem was that American Pie <laughs> took him like two-fifths of his life to write because it's so long. And so right. then he, can, he wrote that Da Vinci song or whatever. Vince. Vincent. 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 Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent whatever. <laughs> Leonardo. Oh, no Leonardo. Mona, Mona Lisa. Smiley, smiley, smiley face. You know that you've got the race. I've got to draw a Jepper diagram. Yes, I'm the Renaissance man. Hey, guys. Let's all sing our imaginings of this at once. He invented the helicopter. <laughs> and that's why he never dropped her. <laughs> you stopped her. Oh, man. Is that... <laughs> does he have Leonardo, any other songs? Will they ever understand? Like they did when they invented the helicopter in the 40s. Uh, yeah. But, like, right. do they have any other songs? <laughs> he just had those two major songs, right? The Vincent and American Pie, and that was well, it. Well, that's what I'm saying. His yes. songs were so long, he just never had time to write anything else that was any good. Right. Whereas Jim Croce yeah. just kept churning out, Pie, right, Russ? You don't need to write any other songs. Oh. It's like writing Catcher in the Rye. It's like oh any other God. songs that you write, any other things that you do. It's just going to make things worse if you write Catcher in the Rye. Way. Yeah, get in the way it of your just, crap. Did you not like Catch Catcher in the Rye? Catcher in the Rye is my oh, least favorite book of all time. Around not <laughs> when I say over, you say rated. Overrated. Overrated. Sorry, I tried to rank Catcher in the Rye negative 5,000 on your book list. It is the worst book, the most overrated book I have ever read. I hate it with a passion. Holden Caulfield should jump out over the cliff. stop in the pumpernickel. Exactly. Exactly. I'm waiting to catch people, and I'm waiting. I have a miserable life and everybody doesn't like me and all the adults are phony. Shut up. Go jump you off the cliff like yourself. You high school, Greg. I hate Holden Caulfield. That What's guy's a bastard. Oh, that's right. It's the optimism. That's what it is. Okay. No, he's a whining bastard. Holden Caulfield's a whining like, little bitch. That's the problem. I love I love Salinger's short stories. All the banana, like, stra- uh, Great Day for Banana Fish and all that yeah. stuff. The, his stories that's, are awesome. Okay, that's good. No, he's, his I short stories are... You off no, show. his short stories are awesome. I just hate Catching the Rye. I just think Catching the Rye is garbage. But, um... But no, with the optimistic outlook, that makes sense. I can I can see that. I can see where. But you it's get not that. just optimism because I've read other stories that have a bleak outlook that I don't mind. It's the fact that I find Holden Caulfield the most irritating character in the history of American literature. So that's that's basically what it comes down to. Nice. You know. Were you happy in high school? Uh, Would, not really. Like some. I mean, well, I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't happy or sad. Okay. I was kind of neutral, I guess, in high school.
When did you read Catcher in the Rye for the first time? First time I read it in high school, like and then I read it two more great. times. I read it once in high school, then college, and then I read it again. And all three times I hated it. Okay. In fact, I hated it more as I got older. Wow. I hated it to begin with, and it just got you worse. Know, that shows a lot of shit. diligence. As, as well, because everyone said it was great, so I tried again, that you and I was like, no, was this still say, sucks. Yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty good. I was like, no, it still sucks. It was like when I watched Fargo, and I hated it, and everyone was like, this is the greatest movie ever, so I watched Fargo two more times, and I, both times I'm like, no, I still think it's terrible. I think this is the most overrated movie of all time. <laughs> you know, and it just sort of, so, oh, I no, tried. I'm going to have to kick you off this So way. I tried to do what no, I could. I'm just kidding. I like, the, the Coen brothers, though, made many of my favorite movies. Fargo not being one of yeah. them, but I still like it. Now, was there ever a Catch in the Rye movie story? I don't know, obviously, I wouldn't go rent it, but... I don't think so. No, because um, Salinger is very protective about the yeah. the rights to his stuff, so he never authorized a movie. Because he's a weirdo. Like Apparently, there was which a is Franny one of and Zoe, though, wasn't there? Like a TV series or a movie? I thought there was a short movie of Banana think Fish, so. too. Maybe. Right. Let me hit IMDb. Maybe. I Maybe don't. there was. I don't know. I mean, I know that he's never authorized anything for Catcher, and I don't. I feel like he's held out on authorizing anything. But apparently, what I've heard, which is very sort of exciting news, is that you know he's still alive and he's a hermit out somewhere in an undisclosed location. I think he's out in like New and, Hampshire uh, or something. His daughter is. Yeah, I mean it's undisclosed, so who knows? But yeah, it's probably like next door to me. But uh, <laughs> he's apparently his daughter has started the rumor, at least, that he's been writing the entire time since he went into seclusion in the '60s, and he's got like you know 19 books or something that he doesn't want published until he dies because he doesn't want to deal with it. But he's been writing the whole time. So the exciting, exciting thing is you could root for his death, so you could read his books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kick exactly. off, JD. You can't do that. We've had enough. So you're kind of like. <laughs> You're like, well, all right. In that eventuality, there will at least be solid. Yeah. Okay, wait. There so, was a yeah. movie called Chasing Holden, which was in 2001. Oh, God. Which yeah. is about uh, I think I've heard of that a movie. troubled young man goes on a journey to meet an author, i.e. J.D. Salinger, whom he feels has right. a strong hold on his life. Yeah, they're definitely not written by J.D. Yeah, Salinger. there's also the movie... Finding Forrester. I was just gonna say, this is not exactly like what that is. Yeah, only not officially. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that was basically. There's also there's also Haunting Harry, which is about a young kid who goes after um, to find a, and then there's there's Bothering Bob, which is also and the Shawshank Redemption, (laughs) where J.D. Salinger digs out of prison and goes (laughs) ends up in seclusion. Now that would be awesome. (laughs) That would be that would be pretty sweet. You know that his next book is going to be a big instructional manual on how to restore an old boat it's going to be the most boring thing ever because that's all he did for the next 30 years <laughs> exactly and here imdb points me to fanny and ronnie which is the closest to fanny oh, really? of a movie that's ever been made what about um, which is a 10 minute swedish flick what about for, es- for esme like with love and squalor herself no that's a good story not the best story in there but good. Best story in there is the one that I can't remember. Yeah, the the I, kid with the swimming pool. What's oh, the um? Yes, it is. Thank you. It's Teddy. Teddy, that's Teddy, right. Yeah, it's the last. That's a great story. No it's doubt. The last yep. uh, one. It is the last one in the book. It is the best yeah. short story. Of it all is time. a great short story. Be read I think he's very, very good. It's amazing. It is a great okay. short story. Yeah. Although Banana Apparently, Fish is close in, in my mind story. I really like Banana Fish too. Banana Fish is way up there too. Yeah. So okay, you you're redeemed. Okay, good. You can keep teaching Which was English. An unauthorized adaptation of Franny and Zoe, starring Nikki Carmini as ah. Harry and Ali Musafa as Dadaishi. Ali Musafa? What? what? In some other Un- language. Unauthorized. In German. An unauthorized With German Mustafa. version starring, um, starring <laughs> yes, people of exactly. Arabic descent. That's tremendous. 
Oh, and also the Charles oh, Grodin. There we go. Is in there somewhere too. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was an unauthorized rendition of Charles Grodin's acting skills. Sorry, I had to throw that in. Cause well, all right, J.D. Salinger. Well, all right, that's our show. <laughs> Tune in next no, week. No, hardly. Uh, the guy from Did anyone get any war on Tuesday? Are the, we not uh, done? State of the no. Union. No, although I, did, I read something yeah. that said that um, I was sick. something like I was twisted. Seventy percent of the people who saw it, it um, thought it was good, but that's partially that's way down from previous years, and also consists of all the people who saw it because they believed in Bush A to begin with. Because exactly, people don't watch yeah, it if they don't like exactly. it. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty much the whole thing was nonsense. What pisses me off more than the State of the Union is this whole debate in the Senate about how they think that they're somehow going to influence the war by passing this retarded, non-binding resolution. Right. This war is bad. Go ahead. Keep doing it. It's bad, though. Yeah, good job. I agree. That's why the one vote that counts, you actually have to take that one seriously. Instead of being like, oh, my political career will be washed up when Bush appoints everyone as overlords in two months because he's taking over the government. I must vote for this war. Maybe you should take that decision a little more seriously mm -hmm. and not rubber stamp the Iraq war at the outset and then you, people will listen to you and it will mean something. I agree. But nobody did that. I know. Which is why you oh, can't find a presidential thing? candidate who is in the Senate at the time of that vote who can say they didn't vote for it. Because there are. Also the other invalid debate which is uh, Except for Russ. proposed that they, Russ that they cut off the funding <laughs> and everyone wants Congress to cut off the funding for the war. That's never going to happen. Not only because, you know, basically the Congress is populated with cowards, which, you know, with the exception of a few <laughs> guys, mostly, Bernie Sanders, Barney Frank. Of that. But, Russ Feingold. Right. Well, mostly because they're cowards. But this is why the Republicans were literally inviting the Democratic majority to cut off funding, because it would be the greatest victory mm -hmm. for Dick Cheney ever. Because he could hold, as soon as that happens, he can play a big game of chicken with the Democratic Congress and say, mm -hmm. okay, you don't want to fund the troops? Well, we're not taking them out. So now you're killing the troops. Right. right. Oh, look, the troops are dying yeah. because you're not sending them equipment. Well, what I love now, about yeah. Cheney, gonna feel about they actually that. interviewed Cheney, and I couldn't, I was talking with Russ about this yesterday, I, I couldn't believe it. Dick Cheney, they're, they're actually, like, Wolf Blitzer asks him, like, you know, well, what do you say to people who think that you have no credibility because of what's happened in the war? And he's just like, I just don't accept the premise of your question, you know, it's just hogwash. And I'm like... Because the sky is blue. What, what, what are you? What are you? What, what are you talking about? It's hogwash. He's just like you could be like here. Here's here's a picture of a red ball. He's like no, it's actually a blue triangle. You're like no, it's a red. It's a red circle. But it's a red ball. He's like no, no, it's 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 a blue triangle. And you know he's just it's amazing. He's so determined that he just won't. There will be no allowances. It's just the the war's going great, and you well, know the Dick plan Cheney is good and and accountable. Well, I know, I know, of course, but of course, but I, I just always am amazed to see like how far the gall of one person can go. Like how how far out on the I'm the worst person on the planet can can one person go and okay. just see how that all works. When out. you shot someone in the face and had them apologize for it, it really <laughs> really at that point you've peaked. Yeah, I know. Right? I'm sorry for standing like in front of your shotgun. Peaked. I guess There's that's nothing true. More there's really nothing. I mean, he publicly apologized to Dick Cheney for the pain that this caused him. Literally, him shooting him in the face. You know, there's nowhere to go but up. Like he may be constantly trying to outdo himself. Of like, damn. <laughs> once I've set that bar that high for myself, I really do have to go and like call blue triangles red squares. Like I really have to get up early every day and try to outdo moments like that of sheer audacity. Yep to just be the most audacious person in history. So, you know, yeah, doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah, Dick Cheney, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't think... I mean, everyone knows he's sort of a criminal war profiteer and all that, but I really don't think he has any belief that democracy should exist in any way other than he says what should happen and democracy makes it happen because that's what Dick Cheney wants. Right. And to never be accountable, to have it happen the way he sees yep. it. He just... I don't know. I don't know where he wants to live. Oh, God. Well, I'm just trying to... Well, yeah. now that we've figured out the list of people All that right. we actually right. love and hate, mostly just hate, uh, please vote for us over in Cast Wars. Nine Leave a review for us on iTunes. And that you thank hate. you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week for the Get Your War On guy, who is going to be coming on very soon, I think. Next week, right, Story? Yeah, David Reese. So make sure you check him out. In six He's days. not a guy you're going to hate. Say goodbye, everybody. Oh, hi. Pandora's back. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one in the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Just another day away